Papa Austin, music artist, presenter, and creative entrepreneur. Over the years, I have met up with successful Africans in business, fashion, lifestyle, and entertainment in and outside of the continent. I discovered that our success stories are endless. I have decided to unveil them one by one. Join me on Africa on Focus as I talk on how Africans are making Africa the future and why you should be a part. Africa on Focus, sharing the stories of the African successful. Blessings, I can brag on it. I've been through the fire, I can talk on it. And I heard that in the streets that they got love for me. Oh, shell, Papa. Now, Papa, gonna make me turn my swag on. They be bad to me anytime when the song on. They, they see the light be shining when it's wrong on. Now, you see, say we there run the city. I don't think that any one of you could stop to titty. I just want to sing the song, break it down, or you shake it to the ground. Oh, you chop for me. I don't bear for a long. Or I need so gay. I don't bear for a long. Or you're cool, I don't bear for a long. Uh, if I start to talk, the thing with Papa called it, don't you ain't no going. My brother ain't no going. If I start to count, the blessing Papa God it gives me with no going, my brother you no going. You wanna be here on some good hour, no? I know you miss CCTV, baby, and any woman so Even if I walk through the valley of death, I know the fear. And every day be Jackado, Jackado. Yeah, when I'm here, I'm talking about no. Oh no, CCTV, baby, and anyone so Even if I walk through the valley of death, I know the fear. And every day be Jackado, Jackado. I don't be no something no. I don't be a Even if I walk through the valley of death, I know the fear. 
And every day be Uh, what's up everybody hey this is uh this is that sunday again um i'm your host miss abba and you are listening to uh the voice of the next generation the one and only high radio here we are back again and of course you know that i don't uh, really stop <laughs> with bringing on you know um uh, information all matters rising in africa uh, and so much more. I don't stop. I just won't ever stop. Uh, but anyway, it's um, what? The 27th of September, 2020. Time flies. The, uh, the infamous, or should we say the crazy 2020 uh, has taken us like throughout the what second quarter. We're almost headed toward the last quarter of the year. And um, it's, it's, it's been something. But hey, we're back again. I'm thankful for uh, another day as this Sunday. And uh, also to celebrate that, you know, High Radio is fully back in, 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 in action. High Radio is fully back in power mode. High Radio is fully back to you again, live from the studio in Amsterdam. As you can see, I'm still on lockdown mode. And that is because um, yesterday we had this cool launch at the studio. All of us came on introducing, you know, our show, talking about what we have headlined. Uh, but, you know, Corona uh, uh, requires particular measures. So uh, the producer, Slim, shout out to Slim, asked me, you know what, we have to make sure that everything is COVID proof after the launch and uh, making sure everything is settled as we, you know, um, start our show and as we individually uh, do our show. Uh, but, you know, in all uh, cleanliness, hygiene, and uh, COVID-free. So I said, you know what, no problem. Let's just take this conversation at home. I think I could just run this show anywhere in the world, uh, alone from, you know, missing the buttons and everything, and switching and music and all of that. Uh, we'll, we'll just do fine. Uh, welcome, everybody. Uh, again, I am Miss Abba. It is so good to be, you know, uh, talking to you, engaging with you. Welcome to Every Sunday Africa on Focus, where we share our success stories. Myself, alongside my co-host Donnie, who I will be getting in, uh, by the way, every week uh, we talk on all matters uh, rising within our communities, uh, connecting global Africans, um, you know, speaking of our impact, how can we grow, how can we build, and how can we develop ourselves. Today we have a real interesting topic. I am, you know, encouraging everybody to move back to Africa and work, if you ask me. But, you know, this is for uh, all of the global Africans that are particularly interested because we will be talking to uh, one of the founders of Move Me Back. And Move Me Back is a prominent real platform, like a real platform, you know, that uh, offers uh, jobs, um, community, and so much more as it relates to moving back to uh, the continent. This is a platform where, you know, actually when you call them, they'll get back to you. I've dealt, we're gonna talk about that. I've dealt with platforms that, you know, once you apply for something, like you'll be waiting for six months, you'll be like, what happened? <laughs> Am I, have I been forgotten? 
Uh, but anyway, we'll talk about that in a bit. Let me welcome Donnie and then we will be going on to our conversation on why it is vital to move back to the continent. Let's get Donnie on board here. <laughs> hey, Donnie, how are you? Hello, good evening. I'm fine, how are you? Good, I'm good. good I, I, I just feel like it has been a long time. Is it me? No, it has been. Uh, <laughs> right? It has been some mute. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. How are you on holding a well up? Break. On a well-deserved break. Well, it was a good break, but actually, I, I know you've managed to stay quite busy during your break. It wasn't even oh. a break for you, but... No, it wasn't. Uh, I'm still... Yeah, Right, right. But I've been good. I've been good. I've had um, quite of an interesting week. I think for mm-hmm. me has been a, a week of, listen, you have to get rest. You have to know when you're breaking. How do we, you know, manage in, how do we put in our breaks within the hectic schedule? I think that's a challenge for me. Yeah, it is. It remains a challenge. Um, even though uh, this corona, uh, one of the positive thing is the fact that um, because you're not, let's say, allowed to go out um, that yeah. often, you kind of like think you have, you can manage your time properly as you stay indoors. Um, yeah. But uh, but still, people still find uh, ways to keep themselves quite busy and over time and over scheduled and over uh, um, uh, over let's say uh, occupied. Um, yeah. But yeah, so that challenge remains as in, you know, how to um, structure your time, your day um, to get enough rest and still to be productive. It does. It does. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, how, how has your week been? How has your day been? Um, yeah. Well, ending of September. This is the last Sunday of September. Can you believe that? Yeah. <laughs> um, so let's see that after September, how many months left? Three months. Yeah. Oh, I know. Right. Yeah. And then... <laughs> we're nearing the end of the year uh my week has been good um it has been good um nothing unusual Mm -hmm. um how about yours um you know it's it's been a bit of uh, online church we still meet online and then in the afternoon you know and uh and just planning towards my uh my whole week that's just really what it's uh what it's been about but i've been really excited Mm -hmm. for this uh this this talk that we're gonna have I know yeah, you me want too. To move back to R- right, yeah. Country. So I'm, I'm personally invested in this conversation. <laughs> really? Oh yeah, and um, yeah. See, see what kind of information I can get out of it. Yeah, that sounds extra interesting. And also, uh, a shout out to Samantha uh, Ajua, who is like our, our true fan from the city of New York, <laughs> who's saying hi there. I'm looking forward to uh, today's discussion. Thank you for tuning in with us, Samantha. I appreciate all of the support yep. and all of the love. Uh, I am also looking forward uh, to uh, today's discussion. And uh, oh, also a, a shout out to uh, Divine Betty, who say an interesting subject. I know it is interesting. And uh, also to, you know, pick on the, the brain behind uh, moving back, which is such a, a platform. Even if I point out right. any like African student today, I, I talk about moving back. Um, they're like, oh yeah, I know that. I, I know that lady. I know the platform. It is absolutely amazing, you know. So um, um, I, I'm I'm really really excited uh, about talking to uh, Oyin uh, Solebo, if I say it right. Mm-hmm. She has to correct me on that, that on that one. I know it's a Nigerian name, and I always 
like to do my best to pronounce the African names like rightfully. Right, yeah. But uh, mm-hmm. either it's either it's I'm gonna do a guess. Either it's Solebo or it's uh, Solebo. You know, one of those. <laughs> I'm sure we're gonna ask her. <laughs> yeah. Uh, a phenomenal woman who we have uh, today as a special guest. One that I've engaged with uh, before. Um, she's a, a phenomenal entrepreneur and lady behind the scenes and doing so much work. Uh, we know of, of one of them that is uh, moved me back. And we are going to talk to her about why working in Africa is vital. And um, she is co-founder of uh, Move Me Back, one of the amazing things that she does, a members-only community connecting overseas leaders, influencers, talents, and organizations to unique, exclusive, and exciting high potential opportunities on the African continent. Uh, she does that and so much more. Let me just welcome uh, uh, this lady, uh, Oyin. <laughs> Hi there, Oyin, how are you? Hey, Hello, I'm good evening. Good. Can you guys hear me okay? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, good. Nice I, to meet you. I hope you can hear us too with no delays. It seems that way. <laughs> how has been your Sunday? Mm-hmm. My Sunday has been, unfortunately, like most Sundays, which means I've been at my desk for most of it. You know, spent a little bit of time on myself this morning and, you know, a bit of, you know, reflection, meditation, whatever you may want to call it. But yeah, a lot of work, such as the life of an entrepreneur, I think. Oh, my gosh. It's just like I, I now keep an alarm on to make sure that, you know, I take a mm-hmm. break. <laughs> I I, <laughs> time. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Set aside calendar time for me time. I need to need to start doing that. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I think scheduling in the me time is also very uh, very good. Myself and Donnie, we've spoken to. Remember, Donnie, we have one that has no no digital Sunday. What else yeah, did, yeah, we, no, did, did we did we discover? Sunday. Yeah. Um, or on a Saturday, we have from um, from from Paul Grave. We have the uh, uh, documentary Fridays. Every Friday, oh. one document. Uh, watch one documentary to get some knowledge. I had even forgotten about that. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we're keen to learn. Uh, uh, if you have any like tip or this golden yeah, habit, yeah, feel free to share because right. I think it is is very needed for people like us i mean i i have the tips but if you ask me whether or not i practice them that's another question (laughs) (laughs) you know at various times i've tried to do things like schedule half an hour at the end of the day to make sure it's me time to really reflect on the day i've tried to schedule an hour at the beginning of the day to do that Um, my co-founder charles and i at some point had um, a two-hour schedule in our calendar to make sure that we spend the time together reflecting on the week have we stuck to any of those Uh, not you know not not so much but definitely suggest trying it (laughs) yeah absolutely good um so we 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 would like to know how um how how have you been in this lockdown period like where are you uh in this point of, of the journey as we would call it yeah, so, you know, I have to be lockdown has been, um, I would say it's been good to me. Um, and the reasons why I think it's, is, is I think you guys were reflecting before I joined, is it's really forced everyone to 
kind of reflect on what's important um, and focus their efforts. Um, and I've definitely been doing that. I've also spent time spending more time with my family, um, you know, getting on calls with my friends, actually calling friends, you know, rather than WhatsApping and having meaningful conversations. Um, so, yeah, so for me, it's been good. It's also been really humbling and really, um, you know, an experience to, to really learn. It's, yeah. you know, obviously we're working in the world of a lot of the work that Move Me Back does is in relation to helping people find opportunities. And it's really shocking when you have conversations with people that have a lot of skills, who six months ago could have commanded six-figure salaries and are now are, you know, looking for overnight jobs at warehouses. And it's, you know, it's it I think for me this time has been really, really humbling and just showing me how much I have and how grateful we should all be for who we have in our lives and what we have in our lives. Absolutely. Absolutely. And how has this been in terms of business? Because you mentioned, you know, you're now talking to people who've had what figure salary. And yeah. then, you know, there's a type of like a repositioning or something like that. How has it been for you in terms of business and the people that, you know, that are your, not your clients, but the people that you actually support with, with, uh, with your work? Yeah, I mean, there's just so much transition going on in terms of individuals who are finding opportunities as well as organizations that have these opportunities. Yeah. So when COVID started, we really expected that if we just look at the recruitment work that we're doing, we really expected it to take a huge hit. Um, and it did to begin with. But then earlier than we expected, business started um, started to come back. So organizations were hiring um, when we thought they wouldn't be hiring. Um, and I think what COVID has really done is it's really almost polarized individuals as well as polarized organizations between those who weren't so innovative and saw it as, you know, COVID's happening, we have no we have no choice but shuts you know to stop shop and I think in some industries that has not it they've almost had no choice but in other industries there has been a choice and then on the other side you've had organizations which I guess like moved me back we really took it as an opportunity to start some of those projects that we've been wanting to start for a while and some of those programs that we've been wanting to start for a while so we had a lot of organizations in that space you know the more innovative type organization who at some point came back to us and said yeah yeah, we were supposed to stop hiring, but in order for us to innovate, in order for us to keep going and make sure that we come out of COVID on the other side stronger, they've actually restarted hiring. But I think also what it has done is it's really opened up what opportunity means to individuals. So opportunity has for a while not always meant, you know, full-time jobs, but that's increasingly becoming the case. So, you know, the gig economy is becoming even more prevalent. Individuals looking for remote opportunities, working on projects, volunteering their time to get exposure to new industries, new sectors, new functions, um, working together more to start things and build projects in whatever, you know, additional time that they now have. We're really seeing a lot of that going on and really seeing a lot of people using Leave Me Back to find these opportunities, find each other and engage in creating and building outside of formal full-time work. Yeah, that's an interesting observation, really. Uh, remote work, that's really one of the, um, I think for people who already do remote work or independent work slash freelancers, this is pretty much for them like, hey, this is, this is, welcome to my world. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. I've, I've, I've really noticed that. 
Um, so again, I would really like to like go back to your to your journey because now obviously we know you because of one of your the highlights of your entrepreneurial uh, work moved me back. But um, I also discovered so much more about you. I mean, there's a uh, there's a brain behind the platform. There's a strategic thinker um, and so much more. Could you tell us? Um, in, in your own words, where your journey began and how it ended up being uh, fully uh, managing uh, a platform and doing so much more for, for Africa. Yeah, sure. I mean, so I'm Nigerian uh, of heritage, as you quite rightly said. It's Sholebo, actually. S-H is, is how you pronounce it. Um, there's a dot under the, uh, <laughs> under the S, which makes it a sure. Um and yeah, Nigerian heritage, but born and bred in the UK, as you can tell, my accent suggests I've been here for far too long. Um, but I, I started off in the world of investment banking. I then spent some time in strategy consulting, went back to investment management for a little while before starting to work with my co-founder, Charles, about six, seven years ago now, actually. Um, and we both came together because both of us had this this realization and this itch that said that there's only so much impact you can make when you're working on the corporate world. You know, for me as an investment banker, adding a few basis points to someone's massive portfolio, it just wasn't really cutting it for me. It wasn't really making the kind of impact in the world that I really wanted to. And I really felt that for me to make the impact that I wanted to, entrepreneurship was, was you know, going to be my avenue. So we started working together about six, seven years ago. In that process, we built and strategized and grown a number of businesses. Some have failed, some have not. We've you know, learned a lot across the, along the way. Um, but Move Me Back was the one that we never really set out to create, interestingly enough. Um, but it's really almost an amalgamation of all of the learnings that we've had during our entrepreneurial journey. Um, so we never set out to create it. We both set out to move back to Africa, to Nigeria for myself and to Ghana for him respectively, um, and to find a way to, to translate the, the skills and the knowledge that we built in the UK into an African setting. And we just found it incredibly difficult to do that. And as it was at a time when a lot of our peers were looking to move back as well. So a lot of them were trying to re-engage. They were asking us, you know, what kind of opportunities are out there? When you go back, tell me what's going on, et cetera. And something that started really, really organically just grew into, um, you know, moving back as it is today. So, yeah, it's, it's not something that we kind of sat down and strategized. It's something that grew organically. And then in the process of doing it, the strategy then came to surround um, what was a, a very personal need for us and a personal need for those around us wow that is um that's really good so it from what i get it really started from um it, it was it was pretty much one of your ventures right from you and your co-founder yeah right. yeah and how how was it how was it um starting things i mean starting up the platform and uh, especially an idea relating to africa was it new um, was it like totally new? Because uh, obviously a lot of people go back home just for family visits. How, how was right. that, that experience and that part of, of starting out? 
Yeah, so as I, as I said, it was it was kind of organic. We never set out to create this technology platform of you know 50, what's now fifty thousand individuals connecting to find opportunity and share share opportunities with each other. We just set about to find almost opportunities for ourselves, really. Um, but slowly, more and more people were asking us to help facilitate a connection for them as well, and it became very apparent that there was this you know there was this clear need, um, and similarly for organisations that we were speaking to when we were trying to meet back ourselves a lot of them were saying hey you guys don't meet back go back to London and bring more people back like you um so it was it was really through that kind of organic process of connecting individuals to opportunities that we were seeing that moving back you know gave birth or, or we gave birth to moving back and then we started slowly you know we started with um, a small platform where people um, could come in and give us some, tell us a little bit about themselves, what kind of opportunities they were looking for, um, what skills they wanted to use from an African perspective. And through learning and listening to our members in our community, Moving Back constantly developed um, and grew into what it is today. And it's interesting, now we're actually at a stage of, we're about, we're at a stage of completely re redeveloping Moving Back. So you mentioned it's a right. member platform at the moment where people have yeah. to kind of apply to join Moving Back. Um, but over the next couple of months, we're actually transforming that into a more open platform. Um, and that has come out of, again, just listening to the community, listening to what it is that they actually want and the value that we can add. Um, so Moving Back's about to take a, another little, you know, steer in the road. <laughs> <laughs> We're looking out for that. We're looking yeah. out for that, definitely. In the meantime, um, for those of you who just tuned in, welcome to Africa on Focus, presented to you on high radio. And uh, I promise every Sunday that uh, myself and Donnie, we invite um, some person, some impactful, influential person that can uh, tell us more about the continent, help us grow our community, uh, help us grow our career or business. And uh, this time around, I am uh, kind of start starting a mini campaign where I encourage everybody or every African, mm -hmm. you know, every enthusiast to uh, work on the continent, why it is vital, we are learning more about that. Uh, we are talking to Oyin because uh, she is uh, one of the founder behind uh, Moving Back, the platform, the community, uh, now a membership-only uh, community that, um, you know, it's like, yeah, bridging the gap between um, the, the rest of the world and the continent for those that want to uh, move back, work, mm -hmm. and, and put in all of the energy that is somewhat, you know, in the air and maybe somewhat stocked in your closet or some push somewhere else you can you can put that into uh, a career on the continent and we're talking to her she's given us so much um ideas and knowledge on how she started off as a female entrepreneur because uh, we also like uh we, we celebrate any female entrepreneur uh who is still on her journey and growing businesses uh so we're uh, actually delighted to have her here on uh the show to talk to us about that uh, before we're going to go on with the interview, make sure that you uh, spread the word on your timeline if you're tuning in via Facebook uh, or uh, YouTube as well. If you are listening to High Radio via our app, um, just make sure that you tell uh, others about it through WhatsApp. I'm sure you could share it. Just spread the word um, as we are engaging with her, of course. Uh, Oyin, I would, I would really like to know um, how, how, how did you meet up with Charles? How did that happen? And 
Uh, when did you know that, you know, as far as your businesses are concerned, that starting it with somebody is actually, you know, better uh, uh, for you? Or how do you, how do you even start the co-founder thing? <laughs> yeah, so Charles and I actually, we've known each other since we were about 18, 19. So both, you know, um, I was LSE and he was Imperial at the time. And we um, worked on, or we we joined a leadership program for ethnic minorities. So we met, yeah, but many means ago. And then when we were both in the corporate world, so I think he was at Accenture or McKinsey at the time when I was still at Goldman's, we would meet with another um, individual every other weekend and just be plotting about how we were gonna, you know, leave the, the corporate world. Um, and then a couple of years after that, um, we started working together more formally. Um, and, you know, that relationship obviously obviously grew into what is quite a solid co-founder relationship at the moment. Um, yeah. And yeah, I would totally, you know, yeah, I would absolutely say that entrepreneurship and starting your own business, it's, it's hard. It is a really hard journey. And if you can find that one person or the, a couple of people to do it with that you trust, um, and whose skills complement each other, then I would absolutely say it. And I think that's a really key thing when you are looking for a co-founder. Um, I think it's a decision that people should not make lightly. Um, this co-founder, you're probably gonna spend more time with them than you do your husband or wife if you're married, your children, your family, you know, you will see each other at your worst, you'll see each other at your best. Um, so I would say, don't go into that relationship Likely, don't assume that because someone is a good friend of yours that you're going to be able to work really, really well together. I'd say really, really consider it. Um, and then really think about whether or not your skills complement each other. So Charles and I, we, we share a vision. We share a vision for the African continent. We are both passionate about job creation on the continent. We're both passionate about collaboration and connection and enabling people to find their purpose and to translate that into making positive impact on the continent. So we have that connecting North Star. But in terms of our skills, completely different. You know, Charles is, is um, he's a big picture thinker. He's someone that will come up with concepts that, that most people don't quite understand. <laughs> and yeah. I'm someone who, I understand his concepts and I'm able to kind of translate them into a that people do understand and make sure he's thinking about the why I'm thinking about the how and the what um so the strengths that he has are completely opposite to the strengths that I have and again that makes for a really really strong co-founding relationship so yeah don't go into it likely and, and make sure that the person that you pick really complements uh, the strengths that you have and the weaknesses that you have but do you reckon it's um it could be easier um on, on doing it uh let's say by yourself um than having to partner up with someone else uh, in you know yeah I would say that it's probably it might be easier in some respect so if you're someone that you know you don't like someone questioning you you don't like arguments every now and then, and these are constructive arguments but you don't like to be challenged yeah. then you might want to do it yourself or if you're someone who um you know you want to do it your way or no way at all then perhaps do it yourself but I think what I've found is that in, in all areas of my working life is that when you want to get to the right decision 
having people that come with different perspectives and having people that come from different skill sets is really, really important in coming to the right decision. So it's difficult, but I think it enables us to get to a better decision than we would have done otherwise. The other thing I'd say that I think being a co-founder, and I don't think people talk about this enough, it's very emotionally um, emotionally draining it's it's a lot of hard work and having someone who you can share that with and be vulnerable with and say you know I'm having a hard day today my brain isn't working I can't quite figure this out and they can you know give you the boost that you need or fill that gap that you have um it's a really really powerful tool so I'd say you know having a co-founder is certainly not for the faint-hearted but neither is doing entrepreneurship um so I would say doing it with the right person is better than doing it with no one at all yeah very important rather than uh, uh, figuring it out all by yourself and I love what you mentioned about uh, you know I am uh, Charles is more the person of why we're doing it and uh, you were the other form of questions but I'm sure that you as a co-founder you as an entrepreneur strategic thinker had to really figure out your why and you shared a bit about that you know um, that you know you were passionate about um, supporting people that in their quest of finding a job for the continent, uh, how did you discover your why? And again, how would you how would you explain or share what your why really is? Yeah, um, so I'd say that my why has really developed over the years through doing entrepreneurship and through understanding more about myself. I think when I started, my why was quite broad in that I wanted to use business as a vehicle to make positive change. I was, you know, I was lucky enough to have spent a lot of time in the corporate world, um, in investment, in strategy, and I wanted to use those skills that I developed to somehow make positive change in the world. Yes. And then I think what I found, and I think what I, what we as a co-founding team found is that every business that we did, it seemed to have this a, a tangent running through it. Um, so we meant we, we've we've launched a few businesses, and what we found is that they all had a connection around collaboration um, and a connection around bringing people together for positive outcomes and crowdsourcing insights and people kind of fulfilling their purposes. And this ranges from, you know, one of the companies we started was a, a company called Agony App, which was a, a, it was a just cheeky little mobile app that people downloaded to share advice on their relationships. And it did really, really well. We had something like 30,000 downloads in the first week. Okay. Um, that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, we were covered by, by the press, but we stopped doing that, not because it wasn't doing well, but because there was something that wasn't quite connecting us to our why. Um, we had another business called MindMeet, which was, um, it enabled people to buy snippets of expert advice. So you could go on, on, on the platform and say, you know, I need 30 minutes advice on a marketing plan and then buy um, 30 minutes of someone's time. Um, so that, again, it was very much around collaboration, helping people fulfill their purpose, um, enabling people to connect and share insights. Um, and that didn't work for a whole range of other reasons, which actually the learnings from that came back into moving back. Um, and there are a few other businesses. And what we found is that there was really more to our why than positive impact. It was also around the enabling enabling and facilitating of important, meaningful connections. Um, and now I think what, you know, what my personal why is, is it's all around enabling people to make the connections that they need 
to contribute in a meaningful way with the end goal being um, job creation on the African continent. So both of us are really driven to the idea and this vision of creating 500 million jobs in Africa over the next 15 years. And we really believe that one of the biggest facilitators for doing that is creating transparency and connections between individuals who can make impact and who can drive opportunities forward. So, yeah, so my why is it's all about collaboration, it's all around connections, and it's all around enabling people to contribute um, and drive job creation in Africa. Yeah, I love that. I love that because it, uh, it always, because how are you even sharing your story, um, that why always comes back. And if, it, if that why is not complete, then you know, like, okay, we're kind of off. Yeah. Even though the, the particular business is successful, it's not fully driven by what our passion really is. And I really like that because um, I feel that, especially in these, in these times, a lot of people that haven't discovered their why kind of collapse or something or their world just, yeah. you know, totally collapses once their business does. And I feel that if, if someone like you is able to formulate, okay, this is why I do what I do, whether it's one business in 2016 or the other, in 2022 it will just always be there and that's yeah. really what I, I i love about that and it's and, quite, this, and it's discovering quite, yeah and discovering that why is is a journey in itself um can you tell us where or if there were moments that um like that drew you closer to your why as in i'm sure in the beginning you weren't sure what was missing but you felt like okay i'm like there's a lack of something or i'm not seeing something clear but i'm feeling it and then you experience something that ah that's it all right and then you moved on to the next step and like that journey um how that was for yourself yeah um i think it's there are so many small things along the way that really tell you whether or not you're on your purpose um, you know, driving the right direction or not. It's small things like, um, you know, when I wake up and I'm shattered, <laughs> I'm so tired and I want to go back to bed. Mm. Do I get out of bed because I'm really driven by what I want to do or do I kind of, you know, put the sheets, sheets back over myself? And I think when you're working in or when you're doing something where it doesn't matter how tired you are, you actually want to get up and do it, that tells you that you're right in the, you know, in the right path. Or it's small things like, you know, Mazaba, you were telling, to, you were speaking earlier about how, um, you know, you go to conferences and you speak to young people and you say, hey, have you done Move Me, if, you, if you're thinking about moving back, check out Move Me Back. And for me, it's those small experiences. It's that, it's that going to a conference and speaking to a young person and them saying, hey, you're from Move Me Back. And them telling you how it changed their perceptions of Africa, how it opened them up to new possibilities. I, you know, I had one occasion where someone came and said, oh my gosh, I'm moving to Ghana in two weeks time because you guys have helped me find an opportunity and moving back. Oh, wow. And I was just like, that is just, that is just so cool because this is someone who, you know, and so many of us, we want to contribute. We want to move back. We want to, um, you know, we want to go back to a place that we call home, but we just don't know how to do it. And for me, that those those one-off conversations where you're speaking to someone and they're just telling you about how it personally changed their life, that for me mm -hmm. tells me that yeah, I'm I've I found my why. This is this is worth doing. Yeah, right. yeah. It must be um, kind of a sort of a fulfillment that you. Um, just the, I don't know, it would give me a sense of completion. I'm like, okay, 
I'm, I'm, I'm on the right track. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about, you know, Africa. Um, how are there any, like, are there any changes as in terms of uh, Africa when you started relating to how it is now? And what are some of the interesting developments or growth that you have, uh, that you have observed? Yeah, um, so I think first of all, when we started in 2015, I think was when we formally started, um, it was it was an interesting time, you know, the economists had changed from talking about Africa, the hopeless continent to Africa rise. Um, you had a lot of um, business schools and universities who were suddenly looking at, you know, setting up these Africa conferences. Um, you had a lot of people who were going back more and more because of, you know, the rise of Afrobeats and streaming, you know, uh, uh, content streaming services coming out that really kind of made people think oh I want to you know there's something here that I want to re-engage with so it was almost like when we started there was this rebirth and this realization of a lot of us in the diaspora of of you know we're, miss we're almost missing a trick by not not contributing not going back to the African continent so it happened in a time when there was like a you know a steep increase in interest in, in the African continent um very quickly what we found is that you know, the year after Nigeria went into recession um, and, you know, there are too many Nigerian, too many of us around. So whatever was happening, you know, everyone thought might happen in the continent. Almost 200 million. Um, <laughs> too many of us. Um, yeah. So, you know, Nigeria went into recession. We also had a lot of people who had moved back really quickly, starting to come back to the UK. And I have to admit, I moved back to Nigeria in 20, in 2009. And in 2010, I came back to the UK. And we saw that happening again in 2016, 2017. Right. Um, and the reason why was that people went back and I went back in the, with the same mindset, thinking, yeah. you know, going to go and I'm going to be having champagne I'm going to be you know popping champagne every day and I'm going to be at parties and really thinking they're going to live this glamorous life because that's the life you live when you go back for holidays and for Christmas um without the real insight about what it actually takes to, to live and succeed on the con on the continent you know without the the real um, connections they needed to understand some of the complexities that they had to go through. We saw a lot of people also going back and then coming back to the UK because they'd gone back with almost this um, this saviour complex, you know, this belief that because you are from the diaspora, you yeah. should be able to earn more than, you know, people that haven't left, or you should be in more senior positions than people that haven't left. And going back and realizing actually how much talent there is on the continent and that you are competing, you know, you still need to compete, you still need to show your value. I think, again, not enough of us went back with that mindset. So that's been, I think that's been an, an interesting journey from kind of a personal perspective and seeing, you know, individuals go, come back and go again. Um, and then I think more from a macro perspective, I think more and more we're seeing how much the rest of the world is doing in Africa and how much the rest of the world are engaged in Africa. And if I think we as diasporans don't engage more and if those of us on the continent don't do more to make sure that the, the work that is going aligns with the interests of the African, mm -hmm. you know, where we land, it could, you know, it's, it, it's, it, it could be questionable, you know, it's, 
it's it's yeah. very interesting. We we see a lot of you know if you look at what China is doing in the African continent and how much they invest and lend through their Belt and Road Initiative, and if you look at how much. US are investing and they are quite openly saying that they're doing so to almost combat what China and Russia are doing in Africa. Mm. You know, when you when you look at the the amount of corporate interest from you know Total's 200 billion um, you know natural gas um, project in Mozambique to um, to Facebook's um, underwater interconnectivity, the rest of the world is looking at Africa. Um, and I think if us diasporans don't kind of wake up and see that and, and look at how we can contribute to make sure that the interests are aligned with those of us in Africa, then then we're, we're, gonna, we're missing a real opportunity. Yeah, yeah, well said. Um, just going back to you, because I'm hearing you, you know, you, you've seen kind of, you've experienced the waves of people uh, going to the continent, they'll be like, you know what, I'm going back to uh, the life of routine, just knowing that my paycheck comes in my account every 24th of the month, you know, the, <laughs> that type of thing. Um, would, would you say that people would just, uh, would are, are lacking a plan of, you know, going back to the continent? Would you say that or are there other factors that um, that led up to these waves of, of people going back eventually? Yeah, I, I think there are a few factors at play. I think, first of all, you had people who may have not gone back with really well, you know, really detailed plans, perhaps not through not wanting a plan, but because of the lack of access to the information and the access to opportunities that they ideally would have wanted. So um, I think Ms. Abby spoke about, um, you know, when people use me be back, someone will come back to you. And we've heard all sorts of stories. You know, we've heard of people that have gone back with a plan. They think they've secured a job. You know, they think they've that job has secured them housing. They've gone, they've arrived, and they found out that that job doesn't exist. That building doesn't exist. You know, so we've had some real horror stories of people with really, really detailed plans. Um, we've also heard a lot of success stories of people that have not come back with a plan because they've not been able to find that opportunity from afar. Um, you know, they've gone back, they've moved in with auntie or uncle, and then they've networked their way through to a great opportunity. And it may have taken them six months, but they've done it. So I would say that what was lacking, hopefully before Move Me Back, hopefully we're doing something to change that, was just access and transparency. You know, the continent very much is a place where um, a lot is done by word of mouth and a lot is done by who you know. You know, in the developed markets, in, in you know, the UK and the US, they say that something like 70% of jobs aren't even advertised. On the continent, you know, I'm not sure if that statistic is true, but whatever that statistic is, it's even bigger on the continent mm -hmm. because yeah. it just because of the nature of, of the environment is it's still very much based on who you know, et cetera. Um, so, yeah, I would say that, yeah, a lot of people did go back without plans, but it wasn't necessarily through not wanting one. It was perhaps through them not being access to the information that they needed to make that plan. Um, mm -hmm. So we're really trying to change that with moving back. We're really trying to give people a lot more transparency about where the opportunities are, where the real opportunities are, you know. So it's not, a, it's not you know, on some sites, you'll find opportunities, you'll find jobs only to realize that they are years old or they've been, you know, pulled from another data source and dumped on a site. 
all of the opportunities on Moving Back they have been curated. So we're speaking to the opportunity owners. Um, they are real. But even more important than that, I think, in some cases, is connecting individuals. So if you're moving right. from London to Lagos, you've got a local community that you can actually connect with to say, hey, you know, I really like... Um, I really like this type of cheese. Where can I buy it from? I really need to set up a bank account. Where would you know help give me some advice on how you do it? And all of those small things really make the transition a little bit easier. So, so for let's say a person who is interested in going back, like myself, um, I do not have a plan. But let's say I don't have a plan. Um, I do have family members. Uh, how would move me, but I don't have a plan, so no job, nothing. I do have qualifications. Um, but what I do know is I do not want to, let's say, I want to work as a freelancer or on, uh, as an entrepreneur. I don't want to be in the workforce or work uh, full-time uh, in the corporate world, uh, let's say. So how would move me back um, help me in this journey of, yeah, me moving back yeah. to to Ghana, Accra. Yeah, good question, and you're not alone. It's the you are you know exactly the the what makes up a big percentage of the movie back um, community for those outside of the continent. Anyway, um, I think the first thing that I would always say to someone is explore first of all, explore the different types of opportunities that is going on. Because I think for me, when I first started doing Move Me Back, what was really eye-opening to me is just the breadth of opportunities that I just had no idea existed because I was living in the UK. Um, so I'd say that, yeah, the first thing is a lot of people use the Move Me Back platform as just a way of getting access to the types of opportunities that exist and to better understand what is going on the continent going on in the continent you know to understand the difference in the fintech sector in nigeria versus um versus kenya you know to understand how agriculture what seems like you know a, a to some may seem like a boring you know dirty industry or whatever is is employing so many people and there's such a, an impressive move towards towards changing the cultures from subsistence farming to adding value um how you know in rwanda they are using drones to facilitate the the, the transportation of, of 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 blood and, and health supplies and medication etc so i'd say firstly just explore just keep your mind open to everything that's there because you'll be surprised about what's going on on the continent um, that you may not be aware of um, the second thing i would say is um is try and find ways to get a taste of opportunities without actually being on the continent. So, you know, with COVID happening, um, with people getting more uh, more akin to remote work, sorry, more comfortable with remote working, um, with the number of informal opportunities that we see out there, there are loads of opportunities for you to engage in an informal way. That might be you um, taking, you might, might be you giving your services in a particular project. It might be you advising a startup. It might be you mentoring some startups. It might be you investing in a few com companies companies who are looking for seed capital but that gives you a way of understanding what's going on in those sectors so I'd say use me back to explore all these different types of opportunities which are all there and then I'd say thirdly connect with individuals you know let it be known what you're after let it be known that you are looking for remote opportunities and say use the Moving back platform to say this is what I'm looking for these are the kind of people that I want to 
um, connect with and have conversations to understand from their firsthand knowledge how you might be able to, um, you know, use your skills in, in, in the context of wherever you want to move back to. And then we can start talking about, you know, the, that full time or that, re that remote role or that project that it is for you on established. So I'd say, you know, you called it a journey. It really is a journey of exploration. And it really is, has to come from a place of us understanding that if we're outside of the continent and we're not in it all day, every day, there is so much for us to learn and there is so much for us to see. And we need to be really, really mm -hmm. open to that. I hope that answers your question. Oh yeah, and and that last that last advice. I mean, uh, my mom has also been on my uh, um, let's say been demanding um, of me um, to start creating a network. That's how she she's like yeah. She, so she's 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 giving me some some contacts who are in Ghana themselves, and she's like start giving them a call, tell them hey, you know this is how far I am, and this is what I'm looking for. How a bit, how is business? What what's it like? Just have a chat with them about things that so they know of um, um, of what you're what you're looking for, or what what may suit you or fit you when you finally get on that plane um, to 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 um, to arrive in Accra. Then they can all also help you um, the better. Um, so yeah. Uh, I've been working on it, or let's say I have to really get on it, uh, especially hearing from uh, from yourself. Yeah, it's so interesting how all our parents said that. And, you know, I remember, you know, 10, 15 years ago, my parents saying the same to me, you know, you know, call that auntie, make that connection. And me thinking, why? Why do I need to do that? And it's only when I kind of started to pursue the world of work in, in the African continent that I understood why they were saying that. And it's because everything is very much based on who you know. Um, but we really believe at Moving Back that there's only so much development and only so much progress that can happen. You know, if you're choosing the person to take that opportunity based on the small circle of who you know, you're quite possibly missing out on the right person you need to enable that opportunity to thrive, um, to build a stronger business, to employ more people in the future. So yes, I'd say, you know, we should all be doing that, but also use Moving Back to connect with people based not on who you already know or who your parents know, but just based on your pure interest um, and connecting based on opportunity rather than based, uh, connecting based on existing network. Yeah, I think those are, those are good points. Uh, definitely, I remember that. People taking notes. <laughs> and, and not to forget, uh, um, consult Move Me Back for that. Um, before um, we, we're almost getting into our last uh, 10 minutes as we talk to uh, Oyin about, um, ah, is it is it connecting the rest of the world, global Africans, uh, to working on the continent? Uh, if you have any questions, feel free to drop them if you are listening or watching on Facebook and YouTube so that we can have the opportunity to, to ask Oyin. Shout out to Samantha Ajua from uh, New York City who uh, just dropped a few questions. Uh, I will not forget your questions. I'll be definitely asking Oyin to, uh, to answer that um, because people really love the part where you talked about your why and uh, also uh, love the part where you talked about, you know, starting out your journey. Uh, in this case, mm -hmm. one of your uh, many things that you do as a, a, a strategist um, a movie back 
Uh, one thing that I also would like to know, because one thing that, you know, uh, people say it's just this sentence or statement that keeps coming back, Africa is not a country. <laughs> and um, I would really like to know from you, uh, in terms of Africa, you know, the continent, I think what really helps people have an idea of um, how the continent runs, or let's just say I'm talking about sub-Sahara Africa, uh, you know, they have East is a bit of this, West is a bit of that. South is this and this and that. Um, what are some of the developments or some of the um, things that people should look out for, things that you have observed as it relates to different parts of our, of our continent? How, how does that look from your perspective? Yeah, um, I think it's interesting. So we were, you, you mentioned, um, you know, people moving outside of Africa in. But what we actually also see a lot of is people moving within the continent um, based on where their skills lie. So, um, you know, for example, what you might find in, um, in East Africa is that um, obviously the proliferation of technology and um, mobile has meant that, um, companies that are tech enabled have been able to grow a lot faster in, in Kenya than they may have, or in East Africa than they may have been able to in, in Nigeria, where, um, where it's still very much a cash-based um, society. So, you know, people talk quite generically, for example, about fintech in the African con continent, but fintech in, um, in Kenya is very different from fintech in Nigeria, for example, because of those regulatory constraints. Um, so I'd certainly say that for anyone that's looking for opportunity, it's very important, as you say, to be very, very specific and very mindful of the, the country that you're going on based on your based on your uh, functional interests as well as your um, industry interests. But what we're also seeing is that, you know, yes, Africa is a continent of many countries, very, very different. But what we're seeing is that a lot of new, a lot of startups and companies are taking regional regionally focused sorry are looking regionally when they're building their business rather than just one country why well it might be because um you know when they are looking to scale they realize that you can only achieve a certain level of scale if you're only looking at one country so for example we work with a lot of companies in kenya who are looking for regional managers because they're looking at how they can take advantage of you know free trade agreements that get that have happened through the eac in east africa and how east africa is operating as a block um we see that you know in in West Africa, for example, um, when companies are looking at tackling both Francophone Africa and Anglophone Africa, because you've got to remember, you know, people talk about Nigeria and Ghana as being neighbours without forgetting that actually we're not neighbours yeah. neighbours. And we're there's not. a lot of Frank <laughs> we're not physically <laughs> next to each other. And also you've got Francophone Africa um, operating in West Africa. So we see companies that, you know, when they are looking at West Africa, they are um, setting foot in Nigeria, sorry, in Ghana, um, because of the proximity to Francophone Africa, as well as the apparent connection with um, with Nigeria. So you know, even though we talk about yes, the, the countries are very very different, and the operating environment is very is 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 very different depending on where you are. We are still seeing organisations take that regional focus, and I think that's something that should all we should also be mindful. So if you're looking at moving back to Nigeria, it might be that if you're operating in a company, if you're operating in a sector that is doing better in Ghana, think about moving to Ghana. You know, think about how you can translate those skills that you have in Ghana first and then look at a regional 
um, you know, look at a regional block. Now, thing like, things like, um, you know, visa requirements, depending on where you're from, et cetera, all come into play, but also be very conscious of the specific organizations that you're looking to work with. Because in some cases, the organization will support you. They will support you with your visas, um, with housing, if you're lucky, et cetera. So they can really um, enable you to, you know, to, to make that move. Yeah. That's an interesting observation. Really, it really does. It really is. Um, let's take a question from our from our listeners. I know that Samantha uh, really had this good question. Let me see. Well, first, uh, Samantha shares that I totally relate to being uh, overbooked and spread thin. I think she was then referring to our uh, busy schedule one. Uh, there is a next question that she has. It says, "Great question. I actually work for Imperial." For a number of years, how do you how do you go from ideating to identifying a solid co-founder? Oh, you, you um, can you share a bit of tips on that? <laughs> yeah, I'm wondering what she means by ideating to identifying. Oh, ideating an idea to identifying a yeah. Solid. yeah. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, so from ideating an idea, it's so funny. When Charles and I started, we would sit down and literally just you know, be scribbling different ideas on, on a piece of paper. And I think, yeah, some ideas can come out of that. But I think that the best ideas really come from when someone has a personal connection to that challenge. So I think, you know, think about the challenges that you have. You know, what are the specific things that you, you know, you wake up and you're like, oh, I wish that was a little bit different. You know, that is where I think the ideas come that number one will be like personally impactful. Yeah. but also that you know someone else will want um, help with because you probably aren't alone in that so I'd say yeah it's all well and good to kind of sit down and try and think about something but often it really comes from personal challenges and observing the challenges of others so that's the other thing I would do um, when you're speaking to people and having conversations ask them what you know what challenges they have where they think they you can help they you can help them make their lives better um, mm -hmm. and ideas will come out of that um, yeah, in terms of identifying a solid co-founder, the first things I mentioned, I think, is really about reflecting on yourself, you know, really understanding what are my strengths, what are my weaknesses, what do I want another co- what do I want my co-founder to bring to the table, and then really explore that. Don't rush into it. Don't assume that if someone's your best friend, you're going to be great business partners. Um, really be thinking very carefully about the what you want the other person to bring to the table. And number two, Think about your values. Think about what is really important to you. Um, think about the change you want to make in the world and make sure that you're choosing someone that aligns with you. Because as you've seen with, you know, Charles and my journey, our, we've set up several businesses, but it's always had that same solid streak of collaboration, connection, purpose, because we have that same kind of natural connection in terms of our North Star and our vision. So, yeah, I hope that helps. Yeah, sure it helps. And one question somebody else is also asking, what are some of the misconceptions that uh, people have about working on uh, the continent, in, in any region, <laughs> that is? Yeah, what about working? Um, yeah. yeah, I think the, the, I think there's this, because we talk so much about the, the brain drain, you know, because it's so well documented, you know, that Africa apparently only has 10% of the management talent that it needs. Um, I think too many people operate in Africa thinking that they won't be surrounded by really, really smart 
people when really what, what what they tend to find is that it's just not almost the, the knowledge and insights aren't communicated in a way that you might understand if you're so used to working in an international you know setting mm. so I think yeah the first misconception misconception is that there aren't really you know smart a lot of really skilled and talented individuals on the continent and you're kind of going back and giving them something that they don't have so right. I think that's the first thing I think the second thing is that there's an idea for many that you can just take a model that operates in um, the west and then translator anywhere in the African continent. So, you know, if you take a company like Uber, when Uber launched into Niger into Nigeria, they had to take a very different approach to what they took in, in Kenya. So again, you know, you look at the mobile, you know, you look at um, the proliferation of of um, of mobiles and smartphones and um, and and sorry and data driven um, software in, in Kenya very different in, Africa, in Nigeria than it is to Kenya, which meant that in Nigeria they couldn't take that digital payments model. So yeah, big misconception is that you can just kind of take one model and dump it anywhere in the African continent and expect it to work, and also expect it to work without local market knowledge and without partnership with people that actually understand the local market context. Yeah. So um, almost wrapping up, Oyin, I would, I would really like to know, because I, I think um, that throughout your journey, seeing, <laughs> some say that seeing businesses grow, fail, and whatever, it's almost like therapeutic because it gives you like a real realistic view of life. And it it, it it gives you an idea to be patient. Um, could you give us maybe three lessons of uh, how this has helped develop you in character, and you know, uh, as in your personal perspective towards your your journey, uh, growing your business. Yeah. So okay. Um. So how it how it has kind of impacted not just my my professional journey but my personal one. Yeah. yeah. Okay, um, I would say the first thing is that through business, I've really learned the importance of relationships um, and the importance of just listening. Um, so, you know, moving back, I don't think would be anywhere near it where it is if the relationship between my, me and myself and Charles wasn't so strong, if we didn't rely so much on the relationship we have with all of our team, if we didn't, you know, treat every individual that joins me back as a human and do our best to communicate with them and understand their personal journey and use that as a learning opportunity so that we can increase impact. So yeah, I say the first thing that it's 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 helped me really Tan, like it's I mean I knew it already but it has helped me learn it even more just the importance of, of really solid relationships and understanding and listening to to others um I think the, the second thing that it's helped me learn is about the the beauty of vulnerability you know I think a lot of us when we when we come from a very professional setting we come from setting and when we have African parents we're taught that yeah. failure is not an option we're taught that failure is bad you know and we're scared of failure I meet too many Africans who are just so scared of trying because they don't want to fail because it yeah. seems the worst thing um you know failure in the startup community it's a badge of honor and the reason it's a badge of, a badge of honor is because you do truly learn so much out of it um and through the businesses that Charles and I have failed at we've taken all of those learnings into moving back so yeah the definitely um about like the the beauty of, of vulnerability um and then the last thing is hard work 
you know I when I started entrepreneurship I said to myself do you know I work 60 70 hours weeks in investment banking and consulting if I put half of that amount of time into my own business I will succeed I was wrong I was very 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 wrong um it's not just about it's not just about hours and um, you work I've never worked harder in my life than I have on on my businesses um and I would say that entrepreneurship is probably the hard option you know you won't be getting that paycheck every 24th of the month you won't be getting someone telling you how great you're doing in fact every day is a, like every day you'll probably learn something new every day you'll probably fail and learn yeah um so yeah I've learned that entrepreneurship is is not the easy option it's the hard option but it's also so rewarding if you're doing something that aligns with your purpose yeah I love that mm. I love that really much so um and I love the you... platform yeah. thank you <laughs> yeah um I, I know you still have you still have questions because he's he's like he said you know I'm gonna <laughs> Yeah, I'm pretty, um, I love the platform um, as in not only does it um, create or provide the, uh, the platform or a space where um, suppliers and demand can meet each other, but it also prepares um, these people in, in meeting each other. So um, um, for one who's uh, seeking an opportunity to go back um, for instance, it it's provides tips on how to improve your resume um, or your cover letter and have that checked and all those um, very good tips that will uh, make you more, let's say, um, will give you a higher chances of um, getting that dream job that you find on their website. And I'm sure on the other hand, it's also um, working together with um, the corporations or those that provide these um, opportunities as in um, how to f facilitate um, these candidates um, the best and what what they can offer more than just um, let's say a, a job or a, a vacancy um, at their corporation which is extremely important which is which is which goes back to you know the same fundamentals you're talking about the relationship and um, you know that solid um, connection um, um, between people. Yeah, um, I, I'm I genuinely I'm, I'm liking this a lot. <laughs> I will have uh, more. I'll spend more time on this website uh, <laughs> lately. Yeah, thank that, you. That's where your that's where Oyin Subway comes alive. That's why, <laughs> why you're getting a full on uh, knowledge experience on the platform. I absolutely love it. Absolutely love yeah. It. Uh, Oyin, before we round up, um, lastly, do you have shout outs? Uh, where can people follow you and find you? And one thing that myself and Donnie always ask, what are you no, playing on your music playlist? <laughs> as of today? Oh, I have ones to share, actually. But, oh, yeah. You have one to share? Oh, wow. Yes. Was that music to share? Please share because I've I need to. Well, I'll let Donnie share this. <laughs> um, but in terms of shout outs, how can people connect? Um, I think the first thing is like join the platform. Please join the platform. Um, you will get off the back of that. You will get. Um, we're in constant communication. We're constantly sharing opportunities with our members via a bi-monthly newsletter. We are constantly 
sharing um, insights. So just news, understanding what is going on in the African continent. Um, uh, we, we, we do that every week via a publication called Pulse. So even if you're not ready to join the platform, at least sign up to, to get our Pulse publication. And we hear from a lot of the individuals that, that are reading this that it's in many cases like that one weekly resource that they go to to understand what is going on in the African continent in every dimension from intercontinental trade to scalable energy to proportional representation, etc. Um, and I'd say for us on LinkedIn, we share a lot of our insights um, there. And if all else fails, get in, get in touch directly. Um, I don't know if, if you're sharing contact details, but you know we have an yeah. instant chat that is yeah. that is available all the time. Or get in touch with me via email. Um, would love to connect and support as many people as we possibly can. And the playlist. <laughs> well, this is the thing, Donnie. Please, please educate me. Um, is, <laughs> you know, the funny thing is, I spend so much time at my desk, and I'm not one of those people that can listen to things whilst I'm working. Oh. I'm distracted. Sure. Music as so, life. <laughs> so my playlist includes at the moment, it's very, very embarrassing. It includes a lot of musicals. So I won't be embarrassed with people with that. So Donnie, over to you. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> um, also, I don't know if you um, if you've heard of uh, um, Jacob Banks. No, doesn't no. ring a bell. Oh my goodness. No. Uh, well, so um, let's see. Um, I think it was last week or two weeks ago, he dropped a Jacob Banks. Come again? Or Nigerian. Um, yeah, he, he has some something no, with, no. with Africa, but I'm not sure. But no, he's, he's I think, he's, British he's Nigerian. Yeah, yeah. He's Nigerian, right. definitely. So he dropped a, a single two weeks ago called Strangers, like two and a half minute um, 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 song. Beautiful. But... That song made me go back to uh, his discography. Um, in 2018, he dropped an album. I did not know about this, um, about the, of this album, but one of the songs of it has been, uh, for the last few years, I think it has ranked in my top five Spotify playlist. Um, beautiful song. But now I decided to listen to the full album, and the album is one of the greatest albums I've ever heard and listened to. And it's um, the album is called Village. Village. 2018 right. Jacob Banks Village. If you have the time, please listen to it. It is so beautiful. Um, yeah, I felt uh, yeah I had to share that one uh, with you guys. Yep. Well, thanks for sharing it. I, I I've googled him. It really looks worth you know looking into. I like the fact that mm -hmm. you know he's a Nigerian-born English singer from Birmingham. I like that. You know, I and I know Birmingham has a lot of good artists. So thanks for sharing, Donnie. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, we can't thank you enough for sharing knowledge uh, with us, sharing the bits about yes. your passion, especially the part about your why. Oh, I really love that. Um, it really helps, you know, us entrepreneurs to also grow and find right. real meaning to what we do, opposing to just being there, starting businesses and making money. So uh, yes. thank you so much for that. Hopefully next time on, we can, uh, we can also get Charles along, but I know how busy you all schedules can get. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he'd love that. Yeah. 
So uh, thanks yeah. so much. We will keep in touch. And uh, uh, we wish you uh, a good Sunday evening. Thanks so much. It's lovely speaking to you both. <laughs> All right. Thanks. thanks. So okay. Bye-bye. Yeah. Bye. 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 All right, Dottie. Here we are again, closing off Africa on Focus. We're going to talk to a lot of interesting people. Yay. <laughs> new season, new season. Excited. <laughs> you made me a little bit nervous. Oh, let me see. No, no, you shouldn't yeah. be. No, 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 you shouldn't be. Absolutely <laughs> not. Absolutely not. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Any interesting plans for this week? Um, Going to surf on that website. Like, I'm, oh, yeah. I'm going to go through it. Yeah. And sign up yeah, sign up to that newsletter, really. It gives uh, me a lot of information worth sharing and, you know, uh, uh, about the continent. Um, yeah. At the moment, I'm growing this online group uh, um, on Facebook. It's people who are going to be mm. young and professionals. And there is actually where I list a lot of the, the information on Africa that, you know, was shared in the newsletter. Yeah, I, I've never heard of this platform prior to your invitation last week. Yeah. Really? Okay. Yeah. Oh, so we have so, work to do. <laughs> we, we have work, work to, to do. do. We're working That's on so that. Important. Absolutely mm -hmm. working nice. on that. Um yeah, thanks uh, so much for you know spending this Sunday with me on another African Focus. Mm -hmm. Um catching Thank up you very much for having me. And uh and and looking to uh who we're actually going to have. There are so many um like interesting people listed that sometimes i'm like thinking okay who are we gonna have on the show again uh let me quickly have <laughs> have a peek uh we have quite of an interesting one listed uh for our next week's show and that mm. is um let me see let me see we are talking to a lady uh, from amsterdam who was called uh rachel she's from an organization called active change and she empowers okay. um, um youth in Amsterdam from African heritage as in terms of how to prepare yourself well, you know, for that professional uh, career. I do believe as Africans, we do have to prepare ourselves a bit differently, you know, yeah. as in terms of where we switch on the assertiveness outside of the work field and, um, you know, how we kind of, you know, put our energy and our motivation rightfully in a working place whereby we are present, yeah. we are visible, and uh, the people around us know where we want to go, you know, as yeah. in terms of, of career, know what we want to learn. We come into a work environment and people actually know yeah. what we're here for, you know, and what yeah. we have to offer. Extremely important. And, yeah. 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 And that's why I thought it was a good idea to have her on the show. And um, she would talk with us a bit. And then afterwards, we will have uh, uh, one from Ghana who is, yeah. um, how do you call it? Making agribusiness very interesting for people abroad. You can basically sponsor an amount of money and then see a crop of, they will, they will grow your crops of, whether that be fruit, yeah. vegetable or something. So you can become like an online farmer. So it's very innovative, innovative and interesting as we were looking That's for nice. that. Yeah. Yep. So um, I wish you a very good week, um, Johnny, and uh, I'll be catching up with you next week so that we can have our chit chat with, um, yes. with, with people and I think we should definitely keep asking well how did you discover your why I think that's that's a part that you know yeah. I would really love to see you know more of our listeners um like yourself and me to to grow in that discovering your why right, right. 
All right. Yeah. Right. Right. Well, have a good Sunday. Um, be Thank sure you. to follow Donnie is uh, I think that you're present on Instagram now, right? Or you're not yet. Never mind. <laughs> Make sure that you uh, follow High Radio on all social <laughs> platforms. Um, High Radio now on the Instagrams, Twitter, and Facebook, of course. Uh, follow me on Instagram, um, all of the platform at, at Miss Abba. I have um, a, a lot of other interesting uh, news to share, actually. Um, music is coming out, so I'm really excited about that. But I'll be, uh, uh, you know, updating. Yeah, she she's been launching music like hotcakes and videos <laughs> and everything. <laughs> I'm working on it. Oh yeah, so, uh, oh yeah. <laughs> stay tuned for that and uh, have the best of Sunday. All right. Love bye and bye. blessings to you. <laughs> bye bye. Bye. <laughs>